Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. It is March 21st. Um, I've been in my condo with my roommate Penelope and my dog Enzo, her dog Gretel, and her cat Nelson. And we're managing okay. Um, This is a very crazy time, but I thought I could use some diversion and maybe... Some of you out there could as well. And the most diverting thing I've seen in a long time is a short musical film that my friend and past podcast guest Jack Plotnick created and posted on Facebook and YouTube. It's, um, I don't even know what he's calling it. It's like a mini mall, alien mini mall tetralogy or something like that. But it's a musical film that has like, this feeling of sci-fi 70s stuff, sticks music, rush music, jazz, pot kickball change kind of dancing moves. And it's shot at a mini mall down the street from his house in West Hollywood. So he's just doing all this crazy stuff in front of a dry cleaners and a yogurt land. So it's been unfolding over several installments and he just finally put it all together And I think it's a masterpiece. And as I was watching it, I had a million questions about how he did it. What did they think at the mall? How did you get that shot? Because it it was, it had that sort of slapdash YouTube do-it-yourself feeling, but it was also like meticulously detailed. So it had this cool mix of being random and also totally thought out. So I got Jack on Skype and we did a deep dive into this crazy project of his And um, if you've watched the project, you might find it interesting to hear the behind the scenes. And if you haven't, I encourage you to go to the Dennis Anyone Facebook page and I'll post it there. Or you can find it on YouTube under Jack Plotnick Comet Videos. And instead of getting a plug-in for anything else, I just want to encourage you to go to Jack Plotnick Comic Videos on YouTube because there's so many there that will keep you laughing and, and keep you a little diverted during this crazy time, if that's what you need. So here, without any further ado, via Skype, it's only my third time trying one of these Skype calls. I hope the sound is is okay. Uh, it's Jack Lonnick. Hey there, I'm coming to you via Skype. I'm in my uh, condo in North Hollywood. I'm talking to my friend, actor and filmmaker and director and teacher, Jack Plotnick, who's in his place in West Hollywood. Hey, Jack. I'm, I'm also, also a, a dancer, dancer, and you left that out. I, I have know, a, a, dan- a dancer. I that. I end jazz. Yes. <laughs> Hi, Dennis. What a thrill to see your face and to get to do this today. Thank I know. You for we're, we're trying to keep some, some stuff going and, and uh, keeping ourselves and others distracted. And one of the things Dennis, that... one of my very first friends in this cold, scary city, and I fell in love with you the moment I met you at that party at Kathy Griffin's house before she was Kathy Griffin. Right? It was like the early 90s. We were babies. We were babies. Um, So one of the things that has brought me considerable joy, the multiple times I've watched it, is a video that you (laughs) created that's going to be on your YouTube channel called Alien Mini Mall Tetralogy. It's a (laughs) musical short film that uses the music of Styx and Rush, if I'm not mistaken. You are very correct. And I wanted to talk to you about it because it has a feeling of like a YouTube video that was done on a small budget, but it also, if you watch it, looks so well thought out 
and so planned and detail oriented. So I wanted to do like a making of, like, I think it deserves a making of. So I can tell you that this thrills me beyond belief. I, I, I started making these comedy shorts a, a couple years ago. They just keep me happy and sane. And I, I love doing them. And I, I love the Alien series. So the fact that somebody else likes it enough to want to do this is real fun and for me to get to chat about it. Well, I've watched it multiple times and I'm sure I will continue to watch it whenever I need uh, a rush <laughs> of uh, good feeling. But how would you describe it to someone that hasn't watched it yet? Um, sure. How would you explain it to someone that's listening to this going, what are they talking about? Okay, again, I, you know, I do these sort of uh, comedy shorts. Most of them are, are just about like a minute long because I, I began making them on for Instagram. But now, now they can be up to like uh, two minutes or this one all together is a series, kind of a series of four of my shorter shorts put together. So it's over five minutes long, I think, maybe six minutes. But anyway, basically it's a video about an alien at a mini mall. Yes. <laughs> and it's the mini mall right down the street from you in West Hollywood. It's There's a donut away. shop yeah. and a yogurt land. And one of my favorite aspects of the video is while you're shooting it, I like to call them the passersby. Yes. There's just the regular <laughs> civilians that just pop up while you're doing this insane musical performance. What is your relationship to the passersby when you're doing it? Are you like hoping that there aren't any? Are you hoping that they don't talk? What well, are you thinking? Did, okay, so I have a question for you. Did you think that I shot the entire tetralogy at once or did you kind of understand that it was kind of a, a th four separate shorts st strung together? I think I, I thought that it was four separate shorts strung okay. together because it was so ambitious. That, <laughs> no that, one would set out to do that video in its entirety. I don't think I, you could do it in a day. Or, you know, like, I, I don't think you could do it all at once. So you did break yeah, it up, oh, right? Absolutely. It, the whole thing, the tetralogy was created over the span of about a year of my life. And um, in the first video, I, would, I, I didn't have any thought about the concept of passerbys. Really, it was about... Doing some, you know, my comedy videos are, I always make them for myself, hoping that if I, if, if I enjoy it, others will. And I love, I love this music. I love Sticks music. It always makes me smile. And I was actually coming out of a bit of a, of a depression after um, two very large projects. I had created a, a feature film and a Broadway musical. And what no one told me is after you finish a large project, you get depressed. And I had just finished two. And so I, I was. Um, it's like a, it's almost like a postpartum thing because you've given birth to this thing. Way for me to get yeah. back into life, to yeah. get back to creating from a joyful place and not a sort of business-minded place. And so I, I believe the very first one was just about me going. Well, what had happened was I was invited to a birthday party, and it was a it was um, supposed to be inspired by a science fiction costume birthday party. Right. And I came up with that costume, not the wig, but the costume. And then I thought, well, I have this costume, this weird black leather jacket that it was just some lady's jacket from the 90s that I cut the sleeves off. And um, I added the wig, and I decided I'm going to do this song by Six that I love, which was, I believe the first one is Grand Illusion. Yeah song you I, you can't hear that song without smiling and i had no plan i just left my house looking like an insane person with that that costume on and a bag with a mirror and a brush in it 
So because that wig, I had to style that wig before every take because that wig had to look for me. Talk about. Yeah, I mean, you know, you noticed I was very meticulous about his look and I, I made sure that I always looked an exact certain way for every shot. But it was just me and my tripod in a mini mall parking lot because it was free to shoot in and um, I had no plan. And then when I released that video, um, there were some comments that people's favorite moments were when, uh, you know, strangers and passerbys would just walk through the shot. Yeah, with their cup of yogurt or whatever it was. Yeah. I, having no idea that they're part of this, you know, major sci-fi adventure that this guy's on with laser blasts coming out of my hands and, and, um, and, and a spaceship flying into this parking lot and picking me up via some sort of Star Trek um, ray beam. So I, I, uh, after I did that first video, I started to become more aware of passerbys. And uh, what I would do is literally, like I would have a shot set up and I would wait for someone to walk behind me. And then I would lip sync the song, trying to capture them. I love it. And by the third and fourth video, especially the last video, it was really the last video. I didn't have a lot of luck with people walking by in the background, but what would happen is they would walk by when I was in between shots, but the camera was rolling. Right. So I would literally take them out of their shot and put them into my shot. So yeah. sometimes in the final video, which is the, I call it my big epic ending, and it involves the new alien that sings Rush songs. See, the, the first alien only sings stick songs, but the new alien sings Rush songs. So I, I, a lot of those passerbys weren't really even there at that moment. Right. I love that. Did any of them ever engage you? Did ever anyone ever say, what are you doing? Or Yes, I had, um, I had a lot of different <laughs> reactions in that mini mall from people cheering me on or taking photos of me to finally in the final video being kicked out of the parking lot forever by the manager. I had a <laughs> feeling that that would happen eventually. <laughs> oh, but it you, did. But you got, you got it in the can. What's that? You got it in the can. You got the. You got it done. No, I did not. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I still had a day worth of shooting to do. I don't know if you want to jump right to that story, but sure. Um, yeah. Well, he, he. I got. There's a shot in the final video, the big epic ending, where the. Um, I don't know what to call them, but I'll, I'm going to call them alien clones because he creates some sort of alien clone with it with laser uh, beams out of his hand. Right. So and there's multiple versions of you. Yes, yes. And they're singing to him. Um, he's singing, the time has come at last. And two of the clones pop up from behind a wall and go, secret, secret, I've got a secret. And it was during that shot that the manager came to me and put an end to all my fun. And, and I knew it was the dry cleaners. Because the day before, the dry cleaners had, to, had been giving me dirty looks, and I knew they were trouble. And they called him and told him to come. And you know what? I fucking deserved it. I really did. Yeah, you were shooting. It was like you were shooting Avatar in their at their place. So what I did, I felt horrible. It, it's it's a moment I can't even watch on film because it really was a very uncomfortable moment. He was he was very polite, but he kicked me the hell out of there. But the point is, so I waited till Sunday when the when the dry cleaners is closed and I finished shooting. And by the way, the donut shop. I asked them, I said, is it okay if I shoot here today? And she said, I'd love you to. And she said, please feel free to shoot in my shop. And that's why there's that shot of me in her donut shop. So yay to the donut shop, boo to the dry cleaners. I love it. Now, 
did you show the the finished product to the donut shop person? Did they know what they no, were I, making? But I, I mentioned her, you know, yeah. she said, give me a mention and I mentioned her, but I'd have no idea if she's seen it. But you had asked me if any passerbyers um, uh, stopped. Engaged yeah. And it happened twice. And both times it was with um, a homeless person who was clearly, um, you know, mentally unstable or whatever but the biggest time happened when i was shooting uh, in the in the big epic finale there's a shot of, of my character sitting at a bus stop and it was during one of the takes of that that this there's a homeless guy in my neighborhood who he's very fierce like he he talks to himself and he wears like you know um fashionable clothing for a homeless person and um anyway he just kind of wanted to be on film and so he just sort of uh, performed for my camera for a while and I didn't stop him, but eventually I did kind of have to find a sort of way out <laughs> because, you know, and uh, so that was the only time. Mostly I got people sort of taking photos or, or going, what are you doing? And But um, you would be shocked at how little people pay attention to a man dressed like an idiot singing and dancing in a parking lot. Like literally I was invisible to 90 five percent of the people that walk by because it's just they must have just thought well that's la exactly and not just dancing but doing like this sort of retro jazz oh yeah um, chasses and like amazing moves how much thought did you put into the choreography before you went down there did you have any did you improvise it or did you kind of know because there's parts where you do actually synchronize moves with yourself yeah, so everything was improvised until the final video. So the first three songs I do, everything was just me getting out of my house and creating and then finding it in the editing room. And then the final video, I knew because I was now, I wanted to involve so many clones and I wanted to involve a new character. It was the final video that really had to be thought out and took, it was the only one that took more than two days to shoot. Um, but no, I, I mean, I, I was a musical theater performer and that was actually going to be my life. So it's not hard for me to pull out some jazz, jazz squares or whatever, you know. I love it so much. I was going to ask you this, but I think you answered it. So you didn't have a camera person. You had a tripod. There was never a camera person, but two shots. And I can tell you what they were because they're impossible to do alone. But yeah. every shot of that is just me alone in a parking lot. And there's, um... One shot that was a cameraman. I think it's only this very one shot. Wow, yeah. And it's um, in the uh, th third video, uh, the alien ship is arriving at the parking lot, and I am below it looking up straight at yeah, it. Yeah, so you had to was, have height. That was the only one that I called a friend. And it's not, I just, I hate bothering people. So I just didn't, you know, I didn't want to bother anyone. So that was the one shot. And it was also... The one of the only two shots that was actually done by um, an actual uh, visual effects person, because you would not believe what you can do on iMovie when you're a dummy like me. Like, it, it's incredible. But all of those effects minus two shots were done on my iMovie just by yanking videos off of YouTube and sticking them into my video. So the two shots that were done with by an effects friend was the shot of me looking up at the spaceship because I'd, I had stolen that spaceship from a YouTube video, but when I wanted to show it from another angle, there was no video of that. So right, how do I do that? Yeah. And at the end of the very, very end of the entire series, 
I had I showed my final uh, finale video, uh, and that's with the two aliens flying off into the sunset together. I showed it to a friend, and they just felt like it needed more of an ending than just a ship flying away. And so I thought, okay, well maybe it's all in a video game. And so I had a friend stick it onto a video game, and I love that shot. I love that it turns out it all was in a video game. Yeah, it gives it that final twist. Um, what would you say the themes are? Because there's oh, something boy. about there's it's it has it's silly but there's themes at work and I there's an upbeat ending right what's that and there's an upbeat ending there's a yes. hopeful ending absolutely about friendship or camaraderie okay <laughs> I mean, you know what? I can tell you, it's so interesting because I'm not an artist who normally works this way. I'm very concrete. Like my videos give you an idea. They, they tell you what to think and what I think. And I think what's interesting about this for me as an artist is I've never done this kind of art where it really is very subjective. Like I know what I believe it thinks and I'm happy to tell you that. I'd love to share it with you. But um I also want people to know, you know, it, it's it was meant to be taken how you want to take it. Because, sure. but but for me, there's an absolute concrete story happening, and and there were things happening in my life that were mirrored in each video. But what, what, is it fair to say that it's about something optimistic? It's about something about that, that you feel like it's a positive thing that you that you're putting out. Absolutely, as I said. I was coming out, I was just coming out, and I mean, you know, healed from a, a depression that put me back in my therapist's office for about, I was seeing him for about a couple months. This guy is terrific. And this was, at, as I said, after I finished my movie and uh, my musical, and he, he, I was feeling so depressed and he said, you know, I'm gonna create new channels in your mind. And he really was able to in just about two months. And then I was wanting to get back. He created in me a desire to create again. And so literally these videos were, were a part of that. And this video in particular was about me reconnecting to my joy of creating. And so that's what the first one was. And the second one, I think, was again, I was just feeling low one day, absolutely not in the mood to create. And I said, Jack, God damn it put on the costume, go to that parking lot and lip sync to You're Fooling Yourself by Six because You're Fooling Yourself is literally about that concept of, of you know, um, that you're better than you think, not better than you think, but that life is better than you think. And so uh, the second video was absolutely 100% to get myself out of my head and to get back to joy. And then the third video, uh, now, by the way, throughout this, I'm starting to discover with each new video more and more information about the alien. Right. And we can talk about that, but that's separate from these concepts I'm sharing with you now, which is in right. the third video, which begins with me in the yogurt shop. God bless him for letting me shoot there. <laughs> I love some of the sentences that you're saying. So the dry cleaners in the yogurt shop. <laughs> yeah, they let me shoot there. So nice. So nice. Love them. Anyway, that one really came out of Trump had been elected. Everyone was depressed. We were entering summertime and, and everyone was depressed and and i just thought oh my god this is this is this is grand illusion is the perfect song for this moment to help people understand that um that they can still be joyful you know and and also that i couldn't be joyful because i was you know absolutely depressed about him winning and but as i was like every video was about returning to love and the final video for me was about 
feeling for the first time ready for romantic love uh, after my depression. And that's what that final video underneath it, this has nothing to do with necessarily the story, but it was about me wanting to in introduce the concept of romantic love into these videos. But then I, as I made every video, I started to learn more about the alien. Like I didn't know what those laser beams coming out of his hands were when I made the first two videos. I didn't know what that was. And then in the third video, I realized, well, he uses that to create these clones, which um, you could look at in a literal sense that he's creating more of himself, or it has this whole other meaning beyond that, that that is more esoteric, that we're all one. I love that. How many versions of you and the clones were there ultimately? Five? Well, the, the shot that had the most people in it was at the uh, in the final episode, you've got the alien and you've got four aliens clones. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Did the alien ever have a name or did you just always think of him as the alien? The alien. Okay. Um, you can do that kind of multiple persons in, in iMovie without a green screen? Open it up and play with it. It is. You can't I'm believe kind of amazed that you were able to do that because my my very rudimentary understanding of sort of like those kinds of things are like you need a green screen and then you mask, but you're able to do that stuff. You know, it's fu it's so funny. You just basically press record and then you then you act out each person's role and you make sure not to step into the frame of right. another not character. Not to break the line, right? And, and then you, you don't just move the, and you don't move the camera. And you don't move, and you don't move the camera. Yeah. And uh, I actually think I got kicked out of that parking lot finally because I had filmed for like uh, quite a few characters, and then this car needed to pull out, and I asked him if he would please like not pull out towards the camera so I wouldn't have to move the camera, and that's why I got kicked out. Because you were in the middle of one of those really complex yeah. shots. <laughs> oh my God, this really does feel like the making of like Avatar or Star Wars so or something like that. There's a shot where you feel wind on your face, and I know that wind didn't just kick up. How did you do the wind by yourself? <laughs> I fucking love your questions, Dennis. You're brilliant. So, as I said, there was one only one time a friend had to hold the camera, but there was two times I needed a friend actually on set. And it was both for that video. One is when I leave the yogurt shop, I needed someone to bump into me. Oh, yeah. And so he bumped into me. He's and then cute, right that guy. I can yeah, tell from the back, he has a cute back. You know what, he, he has a huge following on Instagram. He is so winning and funny and adorable. He's a good friend of mine named Sterling Jones. He's Sterling Jonesy on Instagram. Yeah. But anyway, so right after that shot where he bumps into me, um, there's a man on the left side of the screen who was picking through trash and he was one of the people that interrupted me. He was one of the homeless people that interrupted yeah. me. That's fine, I don't mind at all. It's, it's part of filming on the street. And then, um, uh, and then the uh, second thing he helped me with was, yeah, I, I got him a big po poster board and he, I made him fan, fan it because I face. really wanted that wind going through my hair for the lyric. Um, and I can't remember what that lyric is now, but it talks about the wind changing. And Did you like those bands when you were a teenager or when you were a kid, when they were popular? Well, something interesting I realized about, you know, when, uh, as you know, as an artist, like we're not always control of what we do. Like when you write your books, you know, sometimes it's just like things come out of you and you're like, I don't know where that came from. And, and when I was all done making these videos, it hit me that the video is literally everything I've loved from as a, ch as a child, which is science fiction, um, 
comedy and rock and roll. And, and it's my brother, my older brother, Larry, that, that, that got me into um, rock, like hard rock and all those right. bands. And like, he, you know, he loved, he got me into, you know, he was really into ACDC, Van Halen and, and sort of that harder rock. But I have that, you know, as a gay man, I have a real affinity for disco and ELO and and, and Styx for me is a great combination of that kind of disco mixed with hard rock because and the sound is just so thrilling. Yeah, there's a there's a theatricality to it. You know what's weird is the music and songs are so iconic. I couldn't pick a member of Styx out of a lineup for a million dollars. Oh yeah, ELO too. Yeah. I don't know what they look like, and we that was pre music videos really where you could love these bands forever and have all their albums and not know what they look like. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, I think it was really told Mr. Roboto that they had a, um, a video that really kind of broke through. Yeah. And in that video, most everybody's wearing a robot mask. <laughs> there, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so did you do any, like, any kind of written document, storyboards or scripting or anything? Or was it just all in your head? The last video I really had to kind of write it out, storyboard it, figure it out, literally lyric to lyric. Because I, that, that video was the first time I really wanted to tell a story. And so there's kind of a, there's a literal story to that that I think most people don't get. And that's not their fault. It's my fault because um, I don't, and, but I think it's okay because I don't know that you need uh, it to be anything more than, I think a lot of people would watch that, what I call the epic finale, and yeah. really have no idea what just happened. <laughs> yes. Uh, and it's not but their they fault. loved it. It's my fault, but I don't mind it because to me, I like that it could mean whatever you want it to mean. Yeah. And I'm happy to tell that what it really is. But point is, I really wanted to tell a specific story and I really wanted to, to make every lyric count. And you probably don't notice it, but I really cut up that song. Like um, I chose the lyrics I wanted to play from Mr. Roboto in order to tell my story and also from, from the Rush song. So whereas the other songs, I'm basically just playing the whole song in the fine finale. I'm almost kind of, it was my, it was my one that I wanted to approach almost like right the way I wrote my musical uh, disaster for Broadway. I wanted to tell a story using lyrics that means something else. Yeah, I love yeah. it. The second character that you play, the other alien that kind of has the afro, he yeah. has that sort of theatricality of a 70s sci-fi movie villain that's a little bit, you know what I mean? Like a little rock and a little larger than life, very flashy, sexy or whatever. Um, talk about that character. Oh, I love that. Um, well, uh, t let's see. I mean, the thing was, I, I really lucked into that that outfit at a thrift store. Um, that, uh, one, um, he was going to wear something very different that didn't look half as good. And I found that sparkly jacket and I suddenly remembered I had that horrible, um, like almost, it's almost like a skate, a skate, like an ice skater spandex thing. Yeah. And, and when I tied that, literally, that's like what a seven-year-old woman would wear that jacket. But, I, but I, I realized if I tied it in the back and hid the fact that it's a jacket, it kind of looked a little bit rock and rolly. Though some people thought he was a woman. I, I definitely thought he was a man. Yeah. Uh, but that's not a wig I'm wearing, which is, um, it is actually a woman's like fur color that goes on a jacket. But there was something about the look of it and the movement of it I just fell in love with because I really, and, and I made it as hair, but you can never, I can never look to the side. Because if I look to the side, you see it's not a wig and it's not covering my head. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I love all of these secrets. 
Yeah, the only shot you see him turn to the side, I actually had to go in and post and green screen the rest of the hair on. Amazing. And at, at the very end of the video, he turns to the to the other alien and you see his whole head. And that's not really there. That's fake. But um, he is. I think I was in my car listening to the, uh, uh, Sirius Radio and set this, the, you know, the rock 70s channel. And I think that Rush song came on and I knew I, I, I knew I wanted to make a Mr. Roboto video, but I could not crack it. And I thought, is it going to be a robot? Like, what is it? And then I heard that Rush song and it was talking about um, escaping and, 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 and flying. And I thought, oh, my God, maybe the alien is he's escaping, he's flying. But then I realized, wait, no, it's another alien because this is a Rush song. And that's kind of what started me on this journey about an alien who's escaping his home planet, being chased by, uh, you know, um, probably, you know, the army of that planet. And he's about to die. And the tractor beam is actually the tractor beam from our mini mall alien. The mini mall alien saves him by hitting him with a tractor beam and pulling him to Earth. Yeah, and I think that's what not is not quite told very clearly, but that's what happened. Well, you feel it. You may not be able to articulate it as a viewer, but you kind of feel that journey. How many hours would you say you put in on this thing over the whole time? Oh wow! Well, the each each of the the, the first three episodes would take a day or two to shoot, but not a whole day. I mean, not very long. I shot them very quickly, but editing does take some real time for me. Like. Uh, but I try not to, you know, worry about too much and just try to get it out there. But gosh, I don't know if I could, you know, maybe editing the first videos would take me four days of, of when I felt like it's sitting down and editing. You know, I don't edit. I don't. This isn't my job. So I'll spend an hour, two hours or three hours a day editing. And then the final video took me quite a long time because I was really not in a rush. I wanted to, like, get all the shots. I wanted to get it to look right. And um yeah, you yeah. wanted to bring it home. You had to bring it home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I heard Mr. Roboto at the gym. It made me so happy. And I thought, God, i got to find a way to do it. And what made me realize how to do it was I, I realized, wait a minute. He's shooting lasers out of his hand. Why can he do that? Because he's a robot. Yeah, that makes sense. There you go. It's perfect. What are the reactions that you've gotten online since, since you started posting it? Because everyone I show it to just loves it. Oh, I love to hear that. You know, I just see the comments and um, they, you know, it tends to each of the video when they would come out would get like, you know, people who like that music would comment or people that like to watch somebody embarrass themselves. Because part of the fun of the video has to be just sort of going, I can't believe Jack did that in public. Yes. And I'm aware of that. And, that yes. and I love that because I, for some reason, have no, I don't have the embarrassment button in my brain. That's amazing. <laughs> That's great if you're going to be a performer. So anyway, um, I've gotten nice feedback. And then when I put them all together, it was lovely. Like I did, I think I didn't realize a lot of people hadn't seen any of them. And I, and um, it was, it was lovely. The feedback I got and, and, um, because it's been, it's meant a lot to me in the last year, and so I love that other people it's, it's, are are watching it. Yeah, I hope I hope we get to see a sequel, maybe on another planet, or or maybe at another mini mall. I also want to give you a shout out for your other video that just came out, uh, virtual play date, uh, very <laughs> funny um, ad. My my roommate Penelope uh, particularly loves that one. 
where you play a father who uses virtual reality to connect with his young daughter who has passed away and to have this moment with her, right? Yes, inspired by an actual video of, I, I, I said on Facebook, someone shared a video of a, that, an actual person doing that and that's what inspired it. Oh, I didn't know it was based on something sort of real. That's crazy. Yeah, well, I was, I mean, I was so moved by it, you know, it was incredibly moving I, and I, I shared it and then it just stayed in my head. And um, I, I had found a couple virtual reality masks um, at a thrift store and so they were sitting kind of in my pile of things to maybe play with. And so it kind of, the two things came together. I love it. You have so many really funny videos on your YouTube channel, the comedy videos. What has doing them brought for you in terms of your own just sort of day-to-day -day life, but also in terms of the business? Has it, have you heard from people, casting directors that see them or anything like that? Oh, um, you know, uh, let's see how to answer that. Um, <clears throat> what it does is it keeps me happy and sane. And I, I believe that an artist should always be doing their art, not, not studying their art, but just doing it all yeah. the time. I tell you, I, I've never... My acting got so much better after doing these videos. That's and, really interesting. Why do you think that is? Is that they're comedy? They're comedy videos, but um, my drama acting grew by leaps and bounds. And the reason I know that is to answer your question. I have gotten, and I always tell actors, make content, make content for yourself, because the universe sends gifts, and people are watching, and. Um, I've booked two big jobs from these stupid videos that I make just for the hell of it. And the first one came from, um, I have a, a little web series I did. I strung them all together about an obnoxious art teacher. Right. And uh, there was a casting director who was casting the big villain for the final season of a Z Nation, which is a zombie drama. Right. And he saw my stupid video about the art teacher and he went, oh, yeah, I remember Jack Plotnick. I like him. He's not going to book this role. You know, they were seeing celebrities. and But he brought me in because, you know, he remembered that he liked me and I booked it. And I was the big bad in the final season of Z Nation because of this stupid art teacher video. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, and, and, and I found that my... I grew, had grown as an actor because I trusted myself more because I was acting more. And, and I really wanted to uh, make the videos from, I grew up with Carol Burnett where comedy right. was over the top and broad and arch. And it's really not how, how most people take their comedy anymore. And these videos helped me to grow as a comedian into more of the subtler deliveries that are really what is making up the, the half filmed half hour comedies like The Office, et cetera. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, the second thing was I was doing a friend's YouTube video in drag playing Hitler's mother. Um, and <laughs> because I was already made up, I just snuck into another room and made a silly video about a, a very uptight older woman. And I put it on Instagram and a, a, an, an old acquaintance of mine had just written a script where he was looking for an actor to play a woman and her son. And because he saw me playing around in drag and was tickled by the video, he just gave me the part. And it's a movie coming out soon. Uh, Gus Van Sant is one of the producers. It's, it's a musical called The Mailman. Holy so, shit, Jack. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a very small movie. Uh, Gus Van Sant's a producer, but it's a very low budget, very small movie. But it's got such a big heart. It's an adorable musical movie. I get to sing as the old lady and I get to sing as her son. And, and again, so I would just say if you're, you know, to actors out there, like make content, do it, do what you love for the love of it. 
And um, that to me is the best way to grow a career. Yeah. Um, Kenny Rogers passed away recently. And I was thinking of you because there's two connections with Kenny Rogers and Evie, the character that you do that was in Girls Will Be Girls. Um, Kenny Rogers is mentioned in Evie Harris, Shining Star. You remember that, right? (laughs) Um, And also, we once did a we once did a New Year's Eve party where we we were hosting, and and Evie Harris, I introduced Evie Harris. And you came out and sang the bathhouse medley because the yes. the bit was that Bette Midler gets all the attention for playing in the bathhouses. Well, you were doing it long before her. And here's a medley of songs dedicated uh-huh. to your time at the bathhouse, right? And one, uh-huh. of the, one of the songs was The Gambler. Do you remember this? Oh, no. It was like, I, I'm going to sing the words, but I don't know if I'm going to get them all right. You've got to know when to hold him. No when to scold him. No when to walk away. I know when to run. You never count your money. When you're standing at your locker, there'll be time enough for counting. Oh my god. When the evening's done, right? Oh my and that I remember was my exact line. When you're standing at your locker. (laughs) I wish Of all the dumb Evie stuff we have, we have a lot of it on tape, but that's the bathhouse medley I really think was one for the ages. I don't think we ever got it on tape. But then, uh, but... Greatest Love of All, was that one of the songs? Oh, no, it was One Moment in Time. Oh, wow, of course. Because what talks talks about a bathhouse more than One Moment in Time? And it was, I think it was Dim All the Lights. (laughs) And um, I think one of them was... um, but you know, we all like to have a lot of fun, but you know who works hard? The cleaning lady. She works hard for the money. So put a dollar in the tip jar, you cheap cocksuckers. The Evie Harris bathhouse medley was everything, but. Oh, that is so delicious. Yeah. Um, I want to encourage everyone to go to your YouTube channel and watch, just watch all of the videos. It's just Jack Plotnick on YouTube, right? Yeah, it's just my name, I guess, is one word, or however you type my name, you'll come across it. You'll yeah. see my face. I also love and the video on there. You go to Jack Plonick on YouTube, and you click on Comedy Shorts. Okay, I love it. Yeah, I started just doing the whole list. You play Ron Howard in a video, one of his master class. That, class. <laughs> that video is on my Facebook every day, and so I had to make fun of it, because he trips up, and he, and he misspeaks. And oh, it drives I love it. crazy. And yeah. so I did a video where he just can't get that line right. Yeah. Because it really baffles me. I'm like, they couldn't reshoot it? Yeah. One day you're going to work with Ron Howard because of that video. Or not. Uh, from your mouth. Or not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, what's your favorite happy accident in the Alien film? Your favorite thing that just happened that... Well, I was touring around with an effect when the, in the final video where the alien leans in to talk to the other alien who's now on his knees, thanking him for saving his life. And suddenly his face becomes kind of that moment from 2001, A Space Odyssey, with with, with the sort of digital lines of color inside his face. And that was literally just because I meant to hit one button and I hit a different one and it made my face disappear and turn into that. And it was a total lucky accident that looks like a really cool effect, but really was just me hitting the wrong button. But my favorite thing that happened in real life was in the very first video when at the towards the end of the video, I'm standing on a wall acting like a complete fool. And this couple walks by 
right underneath me, oblivious to it. And again, in that same video, there's a moment where I punch the air and all these stars fly out. And behind me, I didn't even know it, is this um, guy is just walking behind me and he's looking at me and I turn to him and he looks away quickly. Like he doesn't want the crazy man looking at him. So those are kind of all my favorite mishaps. Well, people need to watch that. You can find it on your YouTube channel. Um, I want to thank you for creating it and for doing this interview at this strange time. Um, I think your video kind of speaks to the moment because the theme of it feels a little bit like we're all in this together. Like there's a togetherness feeling. Absolutely. It is. That's, that is the theme of it is that we're all one and that there's more in us than we know. And also, but you're, it's all you. In other words, that feels like you're in your house alone. It's because it's all you. So it's sort of, <laughs> it feels like it captures both of those feelings that we're feeling right now, the isolation and the, and the communion, you know? Well, that is so beautifully said. And I want to say a shout out to everybody listening that, yeah, that hoping you're all well and keeping your hands clean. Yeah, there you go. And Jack, like you're talking about doing the thing that you love. I love interviewing people. It's my, it's my favorite thing. Nobody does it better. <laughs> Thanks again to Jack for doing the interview and also for making that crazy, wonderful piece of art. Okay, so this happened. Um, wow, what happened? Okay, so we're in this crazy place in our in our world, and I'm hoping that everyone out there that's listening to this is safe and healthy and that their family is okay and their loved ones. Um, I am doing okay here um i'm feeling fine and i've got my pets and and connecting with people online and and talking on the phone and so forth um the funniest thing happened last night though is i happened upon twitter on this account by i think he's a comic and writer named kevin porter i don't know him personally but let me read you what he wrote and um yeah, his name's Kevin T. Porter. Um, and his Twitter, I think, is Kevin T. Porter. Okay. Right now, we all need a little kindness. You know, like Ellen DeGeneres always talks about. She's also notoriously one of the meanest people alive. Respond to this with the most insane stories you've heard about Ellen being mean, and I'll match everyone with $2 to the L.A. Food Bank. Oh, and the caveat is, yes, they have to be real, because we need some real kindness right now. So he posted that. I spent like two hours going through that thread and it was just story after story about crazy stuff and people that work on the show and you can't look her in the eye and this and that. Um, But also what tickled me is people posting like, oh, this is so what I need right now. And what struck me was how my own endorphin rush, like whatever that hit is that you get in your head, like it was, it was the kind of stimulation and a Christmas morning kind of thing that I was surprised at how uh, diverting it was. Like it was, it was exhilarating to read. And of course, if you live in LA, you've always heard those stories, but I guess there was something about reading it that was like, it felt like justice or I don't know, something (laughs) Somebody standing up for all the people that got fired for a dumb reason or I don't know. It it was kind of delicious. And then I went and used the restroom and I'm urinating in my in my bathroom like you do. And I have my vision board for 2020 
over my toilet and one of the images is of Ellen kind of dancing next to my game because I had this idea that maybe you know she does a lot of stuff with games and maybe she could get on board with You Don't Know My Life which uh, if you listen to this podcast you know I created with my friend Jeff Havens so that was my vision that there would be some Ellen synergy I also have the Kardashians on there for the same reason and Oprah um and so I realized that with that thread about Ellen being mean, that's my dream board coming true. I have Ellen on my dream board, and I was given that thread during a time when I had plenty of time to scroll and <laughs> could use an endorphin rush or whatever it was that I was feeling as I was reading it. I'm sure it's a lot longer now. Um, crazy. All right. Um if you're listening, I hope that you are hanging in and that you're safe and healthy and uh, sending big love and virtual socially distant hugs out to all of you. And um, I think one of the things we'll realize when this is all over is more than we ever thought. We're all in this together. So big, big hug. Bye.